there, campers. While we're gathering around the campfire, we just want to let you know we are not what you would call experts. What we do have is a love for researching and discussing the lore of cryptids, creatures, and an occasional spooky woman that can eat our soul. So if you are in need of immediate help with the chupacabra in your yard, please consult someone else. Also, this podcast isn't for kids. These campfire stories can contain graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for young campers. Solicitor discretion is advised. Kimmy, and I'm here with my co-host Ryan. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Loring, our folklore podcast, where we tell you the stories and legends of different lore from around the world. Oh, I, I was like, did I lose him already? That's <laughs> the joys of recording online is that constant fear of hmm, did the signal <laughs> die? Is Losing the internet everything. gone? <laughs> everything all the time. Well. Ryan, tell me your your alluring thing this week. So I found out that I'm going to be an uncle, which <gasps> is all I've really ever wanted in life. So very exciting. I've already got, uh, for our viewers, I'm already rocking the uncle fit. <laughs> yes! Um, I bought... Jorts and a bunch of old '90s band T-shirts, so I'm ready. Like, I feel like that's 90% of it's the outfit. Oh my god! Congrats! I am so happy for Thank you. you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Uncle Aunt Life is the best. It's the best life ever. It, like it you're, seems you're like it. Life. It's just all of the. Yeah, it's it's all of the like fun parts of a kid with none yes. of the dealing with having a kid <laughs> yep my the amount of fun ants memes i send to my sister-in-law where she's like oh it is you and i'm like that's right it is me mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's so awesome well yeah, i can't wait to you, be the cool uncle you need a fanny pack now though that's what you need oh oh i've got i've got Kimmy, do you know how many fanny packs I got in college? Just you know, them giving out fanny packs. You designed them. You should know. I was, I was going to say, I'm like, do you have any that I've designed? Because I don't have any of them in my portfolio. And I really, I was like, damn, yeah, I I'm, wish I had I'm like confident the 90s I do. dance one. You probably do. Yeah. I have, I have just a box of old like college stuff. Uh, at my parents' house, I'll go through it and see what I can find for you. Oh my gosh, yes. I made some. I'll be Listen, rocking those daily. Please do. I I am so hyped. That is going to be adorable. When um when are they expecting the little the little kid? Uh December-ish, so Christmas is going to get real expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, I always like to like try to be like. What, what is what is December? Is that a uh... um like the twenty fifth? Oh, oh, oh. Um, it could be a Capricorn, or if it's a little after, it'll be a Sagittarius. Um, I don't think we it's, know. It's early, early December. Yeah. So early. Mm, let me see. Uh, you guys, I love astrology. This is like my favorite thing. Yeah, so it would be a Sagittarius <laughs> if it's early December. So like 21st is the cutoff. Okay. I don't think we know any Capricorns right. off the top of my head. One of the kids in our D&D group is a Sagittarius, though. So that's really fun. I don't want to say his you name on air. It's a Capricorn. You may have a, you his may birthday have a Capricorn. is the day after Christmas. 
Oh, yeah, that's a Capricorn. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, that is exciting. I think they are both yeah. very fun signs. I think Sagittarius are pure, beautiful chaos. So, but I'm a Pisces Can't and wait. I always love a Sagittarius. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm biased. It's the Neptune placement. Anyway, woo! Sorry, I'm like diving. What did you deep find alluring this week? <laughs> so, oh. Um, <laughs> we'll do a I full episode another... in December. We're <laughs> Kimmy signs. deep dives. <laughs> yeah. If you guys want to hear me rant about astrology, please let me know because I will. I'll tell you everything. And I mean everything. <laughs> okay. So um, anyway, um, my alluring thing is I scared myself again. <laughs> but it's funny. Classic. So classic Kimmy. Am I right? <laughs> Scaring myself like always. Um, so I don't know if it's been because I've been playing a lot more spooky games lately or if it is because I've been doing more spooky folklore research for like our future stuff or I've been on a murder mystery podcast kick, which is always very good for my mental health. So anyway, any of those reasons could be why, but, um, Edgar and I were in bed and I woke up, it was like three in the morning because I always have to wake up at three in the morning and I hate it. And I was so thirsty. So I'm tired. I can't see three feet in front of me. And I am like, okay, I'm just going to get out of bed and I want to go downstairs and get some water. And how our bed is set up is it's against the wall. So I lay against the wall and he's like by the floor. So I have to kind of like climb around him. And I get up. Mm-hmm. to get a drink I like step off my bed and I look over and I see what looks like the shadow of my parents dead dog sitting on the floor and I quietly and calmly on the outside went immediately back to the bed I like put a foot down pulled it back up went <laughs> back to the bed went behind Edgar And I like, I don't know how I was so calm. I like gently shook him and I was like, hey, Edgar, um, I think a dog got in our house and I'm trying not to freak out. Can you please wake up? And he woke up and he looked at me and he looked over and I could tell he was scared for a second. And then he squinted his eyes and he laughed (laughs) and he was like, that's your Bulbasaur plushie. <laughs> and I was like... Because <laughs> it's a life-size Bulbasaur oh. plushie. And yeah. I was like... Because oh, oh, I never so leave anything out on the floor at night. And he just like was so sweet. And he's like, just go get some water and get back to bed. I'm like... Oh. And I grabbed it and I like yeah. threw it across the room. <laughs> I was so mad. Jeez. I like... Oh, and it's just because I can't see far away either. I was so pissed off. I was so mad. And the next morning, he's like, yeah. He's like, you were really calm about it, though. And I'm like, because I didn't want to freak out the dog if there was a dog in the house. Oh. Anyway, yeah. that's my yeah. fun alluring thing. You're playing too much Slenderman. <sighs> I, I'm over that game already. So uh, depending on which... <laughs> Depending on which order these episodes come out, this is like two <laughs> weeks in a row now that you think your house is haunted. <laughs> Pretty much. It's going to be one way or the other. You're going to hear two spooky stories. <laughs> I'm so... You guys, I love scary, but my little, my little heart can't take it sometimes. <laughs> but, but what it can handle at this moment in time is some... Um, alien folklore so you ready to hear my my alluring story this yeah, week let's jump right into it hell yeah so, whether you are in the deepest forest or the most vacant desert, 
If you witness a UFO or an ominous extraterrestrial encounter, chances are that this group of people already have you on their radar. Upon witnessing something otherworldly, you'll find a black vehicle rolling up to your home or office the following day. Then, two to three people dressed in all black suits will come out of the car looking for you. These people are there for one purpose, and that's to muzzle you of the strange extraterrestrial encounters you have just experienced. This week, I will be discussing the men in black. The connections of them to the history of aliens is super fascinating. Plus, I thought it'd be a fun little thing because of what Ryan is going to discuss. So, uh, we got some more spooky folklore because I love to scare myself and it's super great. (laughs) (laughs) So, physical appearance. Oh, that's so funny. I want to explain it, but I just realized that I did two characters that dress the same for two episodes in a row they're literally just less tall slenderman <laughs> yeah that's pretty much all they are Whew, okay cool i need to do like merfolk after this or something to cleanse my palate there you go okay so physical <laughs> appearance if you ever see the men in black in person you'll notice they're typically in a group of two or three driving around in a black vehicle that's either a car or a SUV. Um, it's important to note that the vehicles have kind of like a strange appearance to them where they're really old, but they look like they were made currently, if that makes sense. Like it doesn't look like it was updated or rebuilt. It just looks like an old car mm-hmm. made in our timeline, if that makes sense. But. They are also known for their iconic look of a black suit with sunglasses and black hats. Some reports have said that they wear a black Kivler vest and a black helmet instead of a suit. Um, There have also been reports of women part of the organization, but they are rarely seen. And even though they are human-like, the men in black are known for having a strange appearance, and to move slightly robotically. They sometimes have supernatural features with glowing eyes that don't blink, are almost translucent skin, and they have hair, and it's known for being jet black when they do. Um, And something really strange is their face seems flawless, like there's no visible blemishes or wrinkles on it, which is gross. But maybe exactly must love like them. Slenderman. It does. <laughs> it's I did the same character apparently twice mm-hmm. in a row. <laughs> mm. Maybe they are Slenderman. Mm, gross. Okay, I don't even want to think of that. That makes me uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me tell you about how these how these men sometimes women will act. So the men in black aren't known for their delightful personalities. They typically have a blank or threatening expression on their face. They also have what seems to be like otherworldly behaviors, like not understanding the purpose of a pen or using utensils. (laughs) A witness reported that they didn't know how to use a fork and a knife, so a waiter had to come and cut their food And when they did get their food cut, they just swallowed it whole and wouldn't even chew it. (laughs) And they also have been reported to drink jello instead of eating it. (laughs) Is that not how normal people eat jello? You don't just kind of slurp it down? (laughs) Well, if it's a jello shot, I would assume so. Ryan, do you have something to tell us? Are you part of part of the men in black (laughs) as you can tell by my flawless complexion and (laughs) deep black hair i yes i am a man in black (laughs) for patreon (laughs) for patreon can you zoom in on your face and do the sound and put like the hat (laughs) (laughs) Just a that's, PNG of a hat. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not even photoshopped right either. You see some of the pixels <laughs> around it. Yep. <laughs> Done. Done. Uh, that's that's what you guys get for watching us on Patreon. You get this pure <laughs> chaos of inspiration. <laughs> uh, so, um, a little bit more about their personalities. They aren't around to chit-chat about what has happened. They are very straight to the point. So, they will come, get the information they need, and will leave. So what is the quote? Get that bread, get that head, and leave is a really good motto for them to go by. And before leaving, they will make sure... Peace (laughs) out. (laughs) That's it. And they will make sure that they threaten you and anyone that has witnessed it into silence. And that includes threatening your family or your children or even your dog, because that's just their personality. So not too charming. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And oh, the lag's bad today. I'm so sorry. I feel like I keep cutting you off. <laughs> okay. So the history. So it's unknown for just how long the men in black have been around, but due to an event that occurred on June 27th in 1947, they became known in the public eye and conspiracies of UFOs eventually breaks into the mainstream and pop culture. Of course, there are multiple sightings about the men in black prior to this date, but this was the tipping point and everyone came out and reported their past experience in sightings and that's when all the dots started to connect about it. And then John Keel, so he's the writer of the Mothman Prophecies, Prophecies, Prophecies. He came up with the term (laughs) Men in Black, which is what has been, what they have been referred to ever since. So that's why we call them the Men in Black, which I thought was pretty cool. Interesting. And then there's like, I don't know, I can't remember the, the like where this photo is from but it makes me feel like a 90s album cover and i love it (laughs) it does yeah that song uh, blue by eiffel 65 or yep i think that's the band name Uh, this could just be their album cover (laughs) it could if you didn't listen to that at least 60 times when you were seven years old then i don't know what to say (laughs) that was fire that's my that's one of my go-to karaoke songs so good. That's amazing. Oh, that's such a good one too. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, mine's is just tequila because I can't sing it, and I just have to say one <laughs> word. It's gonna say one word. <laughs> so, what are the Men in Black, or who are they? So, there are a bunch of different speculations, and here are some of the really popular ones. <laughs> so. One is that they are actually cyborgs that have been programmed and sent to Earth to shut down any alien evidence people may encounter. <laughs> hmm. and, then, and then the next one is, like every unknown creature we can't explain, um, the Catholics have a description for them and surprise surprise demons (laughs) so many reports of people who have encountered the men in black said that they felt they encountered the devil and this can be due to the psychological drama trauma that they faced i don't know why i wrote drama um it can be because in past lore and many books like the scarlet letter they had a euphemism for satan which was the black man and since the men in black are wearing black from head to toe the comparison makes sense for very religious folks so there there the christians go again (laughs) there they go there they go people are probably like wow kimmy really drags catholics a lot (laughs) and they see my house and they're like is she super into it? I'm like, yeah, I, I can admit fault in history <laughs> on my part. <laughs> okay. And then traditionally and finally, the most popular one is that they are a government agency and they're used as a source of damage control. 
These government agents can be people trained to handle these situations, but it's also suggested that they are aliens, and they have been compared to the gray alien race, and that's due to their odd behavior and their slightly off-putting appearance. So, regardless of what the men in black are, it is clear they have a connection to the unknown. They have been... There have been many sightings of them, but some of the most notable was them showing up to question eyewitnesses after the Mothman and Dover Demon sightings. So that's a little bit about who they are and where they are from. And then this picture that you just changed it to, it's one of like the most popular. I know it's been like on a bunch of things where they have like debunked it. But this is Alorian, where we like to talk about the unknown and the folklore and the fun parts. So we're going to pretend it's real here. And I'm not going to care if it's fake. Because <laughs> that's how we do it. But, and now I got three sightings for you about these very professional Slendy boys. <laughs> Are you ready? Mm. Oh, yeah. So, I want to start with the sighting that took place on June 27th in 1947. It's not the first sighting, but it is the most famous of... I apologize. It is not the first sighting, but it is the most famous one. So, if my dates for sightings aren't chronological this time, that's why. So, on this date, Harold Dahl, his son, and his dog were on a concert conservation mission on the Puget Sound near the sea stream shore of Washington's Murray Island. Wow, I'm struggling today. <laughs> I was doing so great Puget, earlier. Puget, Puget Sound. <laughs> oh, Puget. Puget Sound is what I actually said. And no one heard anything else. Anyway. <laughs> so, um... Harold was gathering logs when he saw six donut-shaped obstacles hovering about half a mile above the boat. Then, suddenly, one of them fell about 1,500 feet from the air, having it rain metallic debris as it fell. And then some of it hit Dow's son, some of it hit his arm, and sadly, it hit the family dog and killed it. So that broke my heart, and I was just going to keep going. Because that makes me sad. And R.I.P. the dog. Dogs. But of all the shapes they could have used to describe, why a donut? <laughs> <laughs> There's so Maybe many. Maybe they were hungry. Maybe they were There's so hungry. many round shapes that they could have gone with. Me. Well, what would you have described it at? What, what's like the first thing you like would think of? Like a saucer. I feel okay. like a flying saucer. That's like the go-to. A bagel, perhaps, <laughs> if, we're, if we're going food shapes. A pizza pie. I, mean, I couldn't think of any, and you were like, listen, I have a list. I'm ready for this question. <laughs> <laughs> well, so after seeing these donut or bagel or pizza-shaped objects flying in the sky, um, he was a little shooketh, right? So the next morning... Oh, sorry, I skipped it. I'm all over the place today, you guys. I don't know why. I think it's just because we're recording really late and my brain's just not emotionally <laughs> here for it. Ooh, okay. So, Dal took some photos of the aircraft, smart. And when he got back to the land, he showed his supervisor, Fred, the photos. Now, Fred was skeptical and didn't believe it. So, it's like when you're sick and you're dying and you call your boss to tell your boss, hey, I am dying. Do you hear my dying voice? And they are like, hmm, you can still come in, though. That's what this energy that they have together is. Uh, 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 I'm not going to make it in today. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so glad my days of retail are over. <laughs> not anymore if you guys are doing retail this episode's a shout out to you it gets better I oh, promise <laughs> they're the real heroes <laughs> so the next morning 
Dal was visited by a man in a black suit. They went to a local diner where the man was able to explain in extraordinary detail what he experienced. So the man in black was explaining in detail what happened to Dal. And like he was asking like really specific questions like were they like a thousand five hundred feet above the water? Were they donut bagel shaped pizza shaped things, right? Um, and he said it was super unsettling because he knew all this stuff and he didn't even tell him about it, right? And the most unsettling part was after the man explained all these events to Dal, he said, What I have said is proof that you and I know a great deal more about the existence and experiences of yours than you will want to believe. And the man warned Dal to not discuss his alleged UFO sightings, and if he did bad things, would happen to him and his family. But Dao was like, fuck you, and became public with what happened. And once it was out, the U.S. government investigation deemed it as a hoax. So the real life Men in Black don't have those little like flash pen things from the movie Men in Black that just make the people forget. <laughs> Hollywood's got to embellish something to make it fun. Yeah, um, there was yeah. there was some like stories about people that they would like erase the minds of but it was people that were like abducted Mm -hmm. versus people that just saw stuff and i think it's because at this time like who's going to believe you you know but now it's like in a stories (laughs) then you're crazy and people have such yeah a lot of people have such a fear of being called insane that they won't come out with the truth. I can't. Re- there's like a word. There's a term yeah. for it where you would rather keep it to yourself than seem insane. But I don't know. I think people think I'm crazy already, so I kind of just don't care. <laughs> but we do have a folklore podcast. <laughs> I know. I was like, uh, I think we're we're past the point of where we could have done a political one, and we're like, mm, let's talk about spooky cryptids. <laughs> that sounds delightful. Moth we'll just man. make past. <laughs> Moth. <laughs> I was like, as long as we can make passive capitalism jokes throughout the whole thing, I think we'll be just fine. <laughs> it's a win-win situation. A hundred percent. So I want to talk about um, this next sighting, which is the 1947 pilot sighting. Um, It doesn't specifically say the men in black were involved, but there is a lot of rumors and suspicions that they were, which is what resulted in the outcome of the story. So it takes place June 24th in 1947. Kenneth Arnold, a pilot flying near Mount Rainer, Washington, had reported seeing a flying saucer. Wanting someone to validate what he saw, he reached out to two Army A-2 intelligence officers. Then, in July, these two officers came to investigate. After a day of investigation, they left in their B-25. But, tragically, the plane would never make it back to Arnold, for it mysteriously caught on fire and crashed. So, sadly, the two officers passed away as a result, and there was no one to back up Arnold's case, which was like, hmm. And I wish I linked, um, there was like another sighting like this, but it got traction because like for some reason it was, this was like recently and we were talking about it on our Patreon episode, but there was the video footage of like the UFO that the news stations were posting that I like the one time it was crazy, but it was like this, it felt like the same energy of this, this story that I was reading as to that. Like it was very, it felt very like it got out and they didn't want it out and they couldn't backtrack it because it was a video, but this, they had the opportunity to shut down. If that makes sense. This this one that just came out, I, I was just reading this morning. Cause you know, this month they're supposed to like release all their UFO information. But I read an article, yeah. and it's literally the government's like, "Yeah, 
that there's no aliens. And it's like, of course you're going to say that. <laughs> like, they're, they're like, I think they, they explained that video as like the light, the reflection, the light reflecting off the plane made it look like it was moving faster or something like that. And I'm like, okay. Oh, okay, Mr. Government. Oh my gosh. It, yeah, no, I... Men in black showing up at our houses. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'll be like, ah, delightful. I just need another Slenderman figure to appear in my life. This is a great, great week for me. <laughs> yeah, that'll be your... Uh... That'll be your uh, your story next week. It's like, so this guy in a suit showed up in my house. I was like, listen, we're three for three, you guys. I need to, I don't know, like, how to sage this out. Turns so, out, like, it turns out it was my Bulbasaur plush. I apparently have four of them now, and they're, like, six feet tall. Yeah. Crazy, on top right? Of each other wearing suits. It was wild, yeah. <laughs> And it moved just like a little kid in a suit, too. It was fascinating. <laughs> they're probably listening to this right now. And they're like, nah, this bitch is crazy. We, we don't even gotta. We don't mm-hmm. gotta worry about this. Oh, for sure. That's fine. <laughs> That's so great. They'll call us all crazy. They'll call us all crazy. <laughs> just twitch your eye as they open the door to investigate and interrogate you. And talk in a little bit on the ground of my voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then... We're then we're fine. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I I have one last one of these <laughs> the bulbasaurs that will appear at my door. <laughs> so the next sighting takes place in the mid 1950s. So Albert Bender, a UFOologist, claims he was visited by the men in dark suits who threatened and warned him to stop investigating UFOs. Bender describes these three men as the following. Do you want to do this? Do you have like a old guy voice you can do? So we're not doing Bernie two days in a row. Is this an old guy or is he like an old, uh, like an old, old school newsman? They floated about a foot off the floor, looked like clergymen, but wore hats similar to Hamburg style. The faces were not clearly discernible, but the hat party hid and shaded them. The eyes of all three figures suddenly lit up like light, flashing light bulbs. They seemed to burn to my very soul as the <laughs> as the pain above my eyes became almost unbearable. We have to do everything in news timing voices from this point forward. Oh my god, I love it. Oh, so... So late UFOologist John Keeler had also claimed to have an encounter with the men in black and referred to them as demonic supernatural beings with dark skin and or exotic facial features, which just sounds a little racist to me. But hey, that's why he had the old timey. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like, you could just say he looks like an alien. You don't have to be like that. Anyway, um, so according <laughs> to UFOologist German Clark, reports of the men in black represented experiences that don't seem to have occurred in the world of conscious reality. Ooh. So, so that's, that's the what men they in all black. say. That's what, that's what, that's what they all say. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so that was my men in black story. This week, a little bit of spooky, mm. <laughs> yeah. and then not quite and, uh, uh, the Will Smith Men in Black that I was expecting. No, no just very peculiar human beings. Yeah, Will's definitely got a charm to him that the Men in Black do not have a charm. He would be like the poster boy. True, true. Is a really good way for it, you know. Yeah, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, so you guys all know, as a quick reminder, um, if you want to create some type of art inspired by this creature or the one Ryan's going to talk about, check out our Instagram for our episode drawing prompts. We want to see your alluring creations. And if not, it's just a fun art prompt to inspire you to create. So now let's hear a quick word from our sponsors.
Picture this, you're driving down Nevada's famous extraterrestrial highway when you suddenly see a UFO glide across the sky. And then bam, inspiration for a design that is out of this world hits you. So you pull over, pull out your sketchbook, and create a work of art. Now, while admiring your creation, it hits you that you could sell this online. But how, or where do you even start? Well, that's where Printful comes in. Printful is a print-on-demand site with high-quality products, and it's the perfect way to start an online shop. It's super easy to use, and they help you every step of the way. All you have to do is upload your amazing artwork, or even use some of the pre-made designs they have, add it to the products you want, and then add it to your shop. Plus, they provide tons of different high-quality print-on-demand products and ship worldwide. Printful also has ready-made integrations that allow you to connect your Printful to your own store in just a few clicks. They are integrated with the world's top e-commerce platforms, which means you probably already have everything you need to set it up. For the podcast, we use a WordPress site that is hosted through Bluehost, and I was honestly so surprised because it just took a few clicks to install, and then the shop was live on our site in minutes. I wasn't shuffling through code for hours, and Printful provided a step-by-step guide on their website to help get everything set up. So that means you get more time to work on your alien-inspired artwork and less time stressing over setting up for an online shop. So what are you waiting for? Join Printful today by going to printful.com slash a slash alluring or go to our website alluring.com slash sponsors and click on our Printful banner. Again, that's printful.com slash a slash alluring or go to our website alluring.com slash sponsors and click on our Printful banner and start your online shop today. Ever wonder what terrible thing happened on this day in true crime history? My name is Karina B. Mesterfer, writer and host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast that dives into what murder took place on today's date in history. With over 500 episodes about serial killers, murderers, cults, and cold cases, there is always something new for you to enjoy. Morning Cup of Murder is the perfect addition to your morning routine. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, start your day with a morning cup of murder. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else you listen, and come say hi on social media at Morning Cup of Murder. Oh, and remember, stay safe. Welcome back, Ryan. Great ads, like always. Yeah, those were those were fantastic. So, uh, my story started in one place and ended up somewhere very different. So I was going to talk about the gray men um, who are just basically aliens, but then I just went down a rabbit hole. Um, so into a specific story of abduction. But we're going to give a little background on UFOs in the United States before we start. Mm. I like so, how your show notes are like typewritery. That's like super unsettling mm-hmm. and fitting for this tale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just as a quick tangent. Courier New, easiest font to read in the world. Ugh. So picture this, Kimmy. It's July 4th, 1947. And the United States Army Air Force has a balloon. This is me doing air quotes. Crash at a ranch near Roswell, New Mexico. Sparking off one of the largest conspiracy theories our nation has ever seen. The folks of Roswell insist that there's no way this was simply a weather balloon. So, let me change slides here. So, here's the kicker. The Roswell Army Field issued a press release stating that they had recovered a flying disc from a ranch near Roswell and then quickly retracted the statement and instead said that it was merely a conventional weather balloon. So the story's already changed twice. It went from a weather balloon to a disc back to a weather balloon. But then in the 70s, so this is 20-something odd years later, a retired colonel who was stationed in Roswell admitted the weather balloon was a cover story 
but he wouldn't say what they were covering. And in 1994, to cover up the cover-up, the U.S. government (laughs) instead said that what had crashed was a balloon from Project Mogul, a long-range surveillance technology, basically just a floating microphone to spy on people. So they can't keep their stories straight. And they said that the alien bodies that were seen were just test dummies that they put up in this balloon to to see how the impact would affect a person. So this brings us to UFOs in America um, being, yeah. <laughs> I, I, holy shit. <laughs> Sorry, I just threw a, ah! I just threw a lot at you all at once. Wow. Yeah. Um, no. Um, the the amount of cover up that just happened. It's like when you catch a person cheating on you and they keep changing their story, mm-hmm. or like when exactly. you listen to like a crime case and the person did it. It's the one person did it. You know they did it, and they keep changing their story. That's wild. Oh yeah. my goodness. I don't, I do not like bodies falling though. That is very unsettling to yeah. me. Yeah, well, don't worry. They were test dummies. Wink, oh, wink. oh, that's even better. Little yeah. puppets falling from the sky. It's like yeah. the devil's getting a little too fucking creative. He's like, ah, I know what these people need. Some dropping dummies. No, I don't like that. I really don't like that. I would freak out if Thanks. it was alien, human, or stuffed. Nope. Anyway, Mm -hmm. that's background on UFOs in America. That's so crazy. (laughs) Now we're gonna need some background on just who's flying these UFOs. So you mean the the air balloons, right? Yeah. Oh no. So yeah. Sorry, the air balloons for Project (laughs) Mogul. Um, So according to witnesses that we will be talking about shortly. Flying these uh, air balloons are greys. And greys are typically depicted as grey-skinned humanoid beings that possess reduced forms or completely lack body parts. So like ears, nose, Voldemort, basically. Uh, Long bodies, skinny chests. uh, Just just like they're human, but not, not quite, you know? Short slender man. Yeah. <laughs> all the all slender <laughs> so And of course, unusually large heads in proportion to their body. Uh, so, so kind of what Kimmy had described the men in black as uh, previously. So, yeah, that, that's, so that's the grays. So with all this information, today I would like to tell you the story of Barney and Betty Hill who were abducted by aliens and uh buckle in this is a long one (laughs) (laughs) i was like you may want to take a second to hydrate i haven't been interrupting Mm -hmm. because i'm so fucking fascinated by this all right the year is 1961 the hills were driving back to portsmouth from a vacation at the Niagara Falls, just south of Lancaster, New Hampshire, Betty claimed to have observed a bright point of light in the sky that moved from below the moon upward to the west of the moon. So she saw the moon, a little thing of light went shoo, straight away. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Weird, because that doesn't make sense with um, how planets line up in this night sky. Interesting. Okay, anyway. Yeah. And shooting stars don't go upwards. So, while Barney was driving, Betty reasoned, oh, it was just a shooting star going upwards. But (laughs) as she watched it, it grew bigger and brighter. And Betty urged Barney to stop the car for a closer look, as well as walk their dog. Because, of course, it's an alien story. There's always a dog. So they stopped at a picnic area. (laughs) They stopped at a picnic area just south of the Twin Mountains. Betty, looking through her binoculars, observed an odd-shaped craft 
perhaps donut shaped. <laughs> or pizza Flashing, or bagel. <laughs> or pizza bagel. We're not quite sure. Knot shaped craft flashing multicolored lights traveling across the face of the moon. Because her Ooh. sister had several years earlier told her she had seen a flying saucer, Betty thought maybe that's what she was observing. How's. Is the dog freaking out? Or is the dog just pissing? Like. Chilling. I think the dog's the dog's just vibing at this point. Okay. <laughs> and I forgot to do the slides. These are gray men. Ooh. This is the lovely uh, couple, including oh, their so little cute. doggo. Oh, it's a duchess! Look at the little legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm in love. Okay, they are they are adorable. I I love seeing the cute couples. That so, always makes my heart so happy. Barney observed what he reasoned was a commercial airline traveling towards Vermont on its way to Montreal. However, he quickly changed his mind because without looking as if it had turned, the craft rapidly descended in his direction. (gasps) This observation caused Barney to realize this object was not a plane. They quickly returned to the car and drove. They just got out of there. Good. Good. So approximately, yeah, well, they tried. Approximately one mile south, they said the object rapidly descended towards their vehicle, causing Barney to stop in the middle of the highway. A huge, silent craft hovered approximately 100 feet above them. It was described by Barney as a huge pancake. So there's the, the, there's the description. All the food references. Mm-hmm. Carrying his pistol in his pocket, he stepped away from the vehicle and moved closer to the object. Using the binoculars, Barney claimed to have seen about 8 to 11 humanoid figures who were peering out the craft's window, seeming to look at no. him. In unison, all but one figure moved to what nope. appeared to be the panel on the rear wall that encircled the front portion of the craft. No. no. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, first of all, um, fucking kudos, the fact that he has the balls to get out of his car with a gun... Like, mm-hmm. he loves that woman. Well, I'm going to take out this plane. Yeah. Because I've been like, let us dip. Like, let's just keep going. <laughs> like, I can't fight. I can, like, make it feel really insecure about something for the rest of its life. But I can't physically do damage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. So the one remaining figure continued to look at Barney and communicated a message telepathically to tell him, stay where you are and keep looking. Barney had a recollection of observing the humanoid form wearing glossy, wearing a glossy black uniform and a black cape, which is a sick outfit. Red lights (laughs) on what appeared to be a bat wing fin began to come out of the side of the craft. A long structured... A long structure descended from the bottom of the craft. The silent craft approached what Barney estimated was 50 feet overhead and 300 feet away from him. I I was really, like, waiting for it. I was waiting for you to, like, (laughs) say, like, RuPaul's Drag Race music started playing and he had heels on and stuff because (laughs) you explained the lights. And then you said silence. And I was like, "Uh." And it's like, work it, girl. Put that step in your walk. <laughs> it just all starts trying to... Oh, I'm so scared. I'm trying to make this lighthearted for my brain. Oh, so okay. naturally, and... Barney ran back to his car in a near hysterical state and told Betty, they're going to capture us. He saw the object again shift its location to directly above the vehicle. So he floored it and got out of there. Telling Betty, keep an eye on it. So Betty rolled down her window and decided to look up. And immediately, the hills heard a rhythmic series of beeping and buzzing sounds, which they said seemed to bounce off the truck of their vehicle. The car vibrated and tingled, and a tingling sensation passed through the hills' bodies. The hills said that they're... The Hills said that they then experienced the onset of an altered state of consciousness and left their minds dulled. Oh my god. I'm so stressed. 
This is yeah. so fucking crazy. I'm just, I was trying to imagine but, like the rhythmic series of beeping and buzzing sounds being RuPaul singing a song. <laughs> sounded a lot like Jerude Sandstorm for some reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, actually, it was so then, specifically this one. <laughs> it was, boo 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 and that's all we can do without getting copyrighted. Uh, the Whoa! second series of beeping or buzzing sounds returned the couple to full consciousness. They found that they had traveled nearly 35 miles south, but had only a vague spotty memory of this section of the road. They recalled making a sudden, sharp, unplanned turn, encountering a roadblock, and observing a fiery orb in the road. So, the beeping started. Next thing they knew, they were 35 miles down the road. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Woo! Okay. I need a drink. We're just getting One started, day. baby. Oh, I, I <laughs> Arriving home liquor. at about dawn. <laughs> yeah, you should have. Arriving home at about dawn, the hills assert that they had some odd sensations and impulses they could not readily explain. Betty insisted their luggage be kept near the back door rather than in the main part of the house. Their watches would never work again. Barney said that the leather strap from his binoculars were torn, though he could not recall it tearing. The toes of his best dress shoes were scraped, and he was... (laughs) I'm going to skip that. (laughs) Uh, And they took long showers to remove possible contamination and drew a picture of what they had observed. He checked I his privates, find everybody. The picture. He fell yeah, off he also, about yeah, it. He checked his dingling. Yeah. <laughs> um, ten days after the alleged UFO encounter, Betty began having a series of vivid dreams. They continued for five successive nights, never in her memory, but she recalled dreams in such detail and intensity. But they stopped abruptly after five nights and never returned. They occupied her thoughts during the day when she mentioned them to Barney. He was sympathetic, but not too concerned, and the matter was dropped. Betty did not mention them to Barney again. So, yeah, so they got back. Long story short, they got back. They they just felt weird, and Betty started having these crazy dreams that we're going to go into. Everyone needs a um, dream journal. Exactly. Get yourself get especially, yourself a dream turtle. Especially when you believe you've been abducted by aliens. Definitely. And you can get one of our alien stickers on our shop and you can put it right on go. the front of it. And that is your alien abduction dream journal. <laughs> okay. In November 1961, Betty began writing down the details of her dream. In one dream, she and Barney encountered a roadblock and the men who surrounded their car. She lost consciousness, but struggled to regain it. She then realized that she was being forced by two small men to walk into the forest at night. And seeing Barney walking behind her, thought she could call to him. He seemed to be in a trance-like state, or sleepwalking. The men stood about five feet to five feet four inches tall, and wore matching blue uniforms, with capes similar to those worn by military cadets. So I'm not sure what military cadets were wearing in the 1960s, but that's what aliens wear, apparently. <laughs> when you um, time travel, appeared... but you get the apparel <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they appeared nearly human with black hair, dark eyes, prominent noses, blush lips, and their skin was a grayish color. Sounds awfully similar to Men in Black. Yeah, in I the was dream... like, they sound more like the Men in Black, because they have like the nose, mm-hmm. you know, weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, prominent noses, so these are a little different. In the dream, Betty Barney, Betty and Barney, and the men walked up the ramp into the disc-shaped craft of the of metallic appearance. Once inside, Barney and Betty were separated. She protested and was told by a man they called the leader that if she and Barney were examined together, it would take much longer to conduct the exams, so she and Barney were taken to separate rooms. Betty then dreamt that a new man similar to the others, entered to conduct the exam with the leader. Betty called this new man the examiner and said he had a pleasant, calm manner. Though the leader and the examiner spoke to her in English, the examiner's commands of the language seemed imperfect and she had difficulty understanding him. 
The examiner told Betty that he would conduct a few tests to note the difference between humans and the craft's occupants. He seated her on a chair, and a bright light was shown on her. The man cut off locks of Betty's hair, examined her eyes, ears, mouth, teeth, throat, hands, the whole shebang, and saved trimmings from her fingernails. After Gross. examining her legs and feet, the man used a dull knife similar to a letter opener to scrape, scum of, ugh, scrape some of her skin into what resembled cellophane. He then tested her nervous system and thrust the needle into her navel, which caused Betty agonizing pain, understandably. Whereupon the leader waved his hand in front of her eyes and the pain vanished. Oh. So, she, yeah. So she got probed. Uh, yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. it's so, it's so weird because I think like the worst part of these is whenever people get like examined or stuff, it seems like they're like oddly consensual about it, but in like the process of them getting their minds erased and stuff, they don't feel like they were. So yeah. they're like fighting internally with that. And yeah. I, that's what I don't like. Cause like. They always seem pretty chill. Like, they're just here. Yeah. They're like, oh, let's take a little and peace out. Yeah, you know? she's like, oh, this is normal. Yeah. Exactly. <sighs> Weird. Okay. So the examiner then left the room, and Betty engaged in conversation with the leader. She picked up a book with rows of strange symbols that the leader said she could take home with her. She also asked from where he came, and he pulled down an instructional map dotted with stars. In Betty's dream account, the men began es escorting the hills from the ship when a disagreement broke out. The leader then informed Betty that she couldn't keep the book, stating that they had decided that the other men did not want her to even remember the encounter. Betty insisted that no matter what they did to her memory, she would one day recall the events. And clearly she did. Oh, and I that's when Barney books. was taken to their car, where the leader suggested that they wait and watch the craft's departure they did and resumed their drive and then oh that's when they became conscious again oh my god i hate it it's yeah, so that's the story I, of the hills abduction <laughs> i okay i it's just like i was saying it's so weird because all these all good 90 percent of the time it seems like a very consensual thing that's happening like, the chasing's fucking terrifying, and, like, if you're being chased and someone's like, I just need to do this real quick, yeah. you'll be, like, survival mode. You're like, okay, whatever it takes to survive kind of thing, right? But, like, I just yeah. scared I just scared myself because behind me, the speaker and the little plushie oh, yeah. on top of the speaker, so the thing looked like a person. <laughs> I'm just going to cover that because I just, like, scared just get the rid of all the plushies out of your house. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to die, Ryan. <laughs> I was so fucking <sighs> See how I like acted calm on the outside, but I was losing it on the inside trying to process <laughs> what it was. Because that's how my brain functions. <laughs> anyway, I'm covering it now. I'm emotionally somewhat fine. It's okay. But it's just weird because it's always like such a consensual thing. And then it seems like them getting their mind erased and then forcing themselves to try to remember is what causes the like inner conflict with what happened and was it bad was it good like yeah trying to like discover it is like the worst part you know yeah and clearly the aliens fucked up because she wasn't supposed to remember any of this but then she did i just it was someone's first know day the dog's perspective that is 100% fair. Yeah, she didn't mention that the dog went into the ship, so the dog was just chilling in the car, <laughs> watching his humans wander off into the woods. You know, that's a really fair, fair thing to think about. Because I'm a big, like, mm -hmm. take a dog with you person. Because when you yeah. dismiss your gut because you're so scared and you want to be rational, your dog, the dog is there like fuck no <laughs> like i don't care what you think i don't care what you trust gut trust the dog <laughs> trust the dog that's what we need on a shirt is something that says take a dog with you or trust the dog or something because always <laughs> yeah. i don't know i that dog probably has some good old wise tale about it talks in like a little mm. southern voice you can see it you in know? his eyes 
Like, look at him. That dog has seen He's some seen stuff. Shit. Do you... Here's a fun little last question. Do you think there's dog aliens that test dogs of our planet? <laughs> like, mm. the greys are kind of like human. Do you like think there's, the, like, grey dogs? Uh-huh. The greys brought their own dog, and, like, when they abducted the the hills they just also gave the dog to their dog was like i don't know what you want to do with this but here you go (laughs) they just sniff each other's butts and like that's enough for them and then they go back to they just like played fetch for 30 minutes and then went back to the car (laughs) (laughs) oh well that's that's oh okay anyway now that i'm spooked (laughs) well We'll do one one little announcement thing for you guys before we do our Loring alignment chart. Just just one 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 little thing. So before we end with it, um, please don't forget to check out the Loring Fun Drive, everyone. Um, you should join. You guys should really join. So by becoming a Patreon, it means you'll get some exclusive prizes, and it's only if you join by the end of July. It really means a lot. We we wanted to go to the end of the July. We want to have you guys be part. We want to have your support. It just means so much. And you'll get a bunch of goodies. And what you receive will depend on what tier you become a Patreon at. Plus, you'll get access to all the behind-the-scenes content on Patreon and bonus episodes of Liquor Lore not posted anywhere else. And not only that, but... <laughs> And not only do you get prizes, but you're supporting the show. You guys have been awesome, and the funding... You guys have been awesome, and the funding (laughs) we've got has allowed us to focus more on creating content than working some odd jobs to help pay the podcast fees, such as hosting, web hosting, editing software, very expensive, and more. And it really means so much. It really does. So please, so please become a Patreon today. It would really mean the world for us. You can join at the three dollar tier, and you can stay just for a month, or you can stay for longer. And we would just, we would really appreciate it. So go to Patreon.com/Lauren and become one today, and you'll get some special goodies. You'll get some stickers, some goodies, and oh, yeah. gifts made with love. What, what could you possibly ask for? <laughs> what, what more could more? you ask for? Yeah, what more? Oh, okay. So let's so, uh, let's so check now. out that alignment chart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I am so spooked. I got to keep covering that speaker in the background. I'm going to have to fucking fix that for the next recording. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I did the Men in Black as pure neutral lawful because I felt that was right. Like, they they strictly follow their law, you know, like, whatever their rules are of covering things up. And they're mm-hmm. very in the middle about it. Like, they're not going to be evil or they're not going to be good about it. They just get what they need to done and then they leave kind of thing. So what about... I don't know. I, I think that fits them. Yeah, I, I think that's that's completely accurate. I uh, I put the gray men, specifically the ones that abducted the hills, um, almost chaotic neutral, but I put them a little to the left just because it's not cool to abduct people. But they're just yeah. doing it to, like, test people out. Like, they're... So, yeah. I, yeah. I think like they're just, you... like messing with people yeah it's like if you kidnap a person but then you're nice to that person you kidnap that doesn't make it better yeah because you st- originally you i had them it. up in like lawful evil but i was like i don't think it's very lawful to kidnap people even if it's for like scientific <laughs> research so they're just kidnapping people for scientific research which is pretty pretty chaotic to me yeah no so but good or evil <laughs> take that's relative (laughs) yeah because what could be good to them in their realm of reality right it's Mm -hmm. different to us exactly we're not getting that dude (laughs) well takeaways always take a dog with you (laughs) 
<laughs> and yep. um, something about Slendy Man boys. Watch please for watch out flying for them. donuts. <laughs> watch for flying donuts. If, Send us your flying donut pictures. If you please. see, yeah, let us know what food you would describe flying saucers as because we've heard today multiple we've heard pizza we've heard donuts and i don't know pancake uh the hills called it a pancake so uh let us know what you think a (laughs) ufo would look like tweet us tweet us your ufo description (laughs) (laughs) we would we would absolutely love that that would be so freaking great (laughs) well thank you guys so much for listening this has been alluring Have an alluring day, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye! And that's all for this episode of Alluring. Thank you for taking a seat around the campfire and listening. If you want more Alluring, go check out our website, Alluring.com. That's A-L-O-R-E-I-N-G.com. You can also find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. If you have any questions, folklore, cryptid sightings, or urban legend you would like us to discuss, email us at alluring at gmail.com. If you like this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to help support us and spread the word. Special thanks to Lane Hammonds for our music. If you'd like to show your support and have access to bonus content not posted anywhere else, visit our Patreon page today at patreon.com slash alluring and help us keep the firewood burning. Bye-bye now.